Hello and welcome to another episode of Brolly Buddies, the podcast in which we talk about the Netflix adaptation of The Umbrella Academy, episode by episode, with me, Mia. And me, Josh. Uh, today we're going to talk about episode two, Run Boy Run. Yes. This time, the title being a uh, name of a song that plays in it. Yeah, the opening song, yeah. actually, which was Woodkid, yeah. Run Boy Run. It's that great song that's in like all the trailers and all the films and all the adverts all the time, and it's so epic, which is very apt for this opening scene. Yes. Well, opening scene. Because, of course, last week's episode, the first episode that we talked about, we, we mentioned the title, but we didn't say where it's from. It's actually issue two of the comics yes um, which I'm, I'm starting to wonder like maybe that's also a song but maybe not i'm not sure you know because like i tried googling it and it all that came up was like the umbrella academy oh maybe then but it feels maybe. like a like a emo song yeah it does like a my chemical romance song you might say or or panic maybe it's a longer title so yeah yeah fallout boy one of them the glory days yeah, so we haven't looked ahead yet. I don't know if they, if no. there is any pattern to the naming of the episodes of the show, but no. you know. And, and thinking about this kind of looking ahead thing, I am, I'm really struggling with us watching this week by week rather than binge watching, mm. especially after this episode. Where I was like, I need to watch more. <laughs> it feels like somebody's like put weights on me and then they're asking me to run a distance because i'm like i want to do this but it's actually i don't know if that's the right that's a really bad man run boy run there's like someone's pushing me i don't Mm. know someone's holding me back in some way (laughs) someone's doing something to you that you're not enjoying exactly and that thing is stopping me from watching the umbrella academy (laughs) it's meant to be enjoyable there's worse things so it's not it's not so bad it's i think it's quite good for us because we are we we binge watch a lot. Notorious binge watchers. Notor- <laughs> We're notorious. Yeah. Everyone's like, it's those binge watchers back the s- again. The streets of London. Yeah. Look out, it's the binge watchers. Ooh. Anyway, hopefully what we're going to do now, though, is keep a more regular schedule yes. to it. So. So let's move on to the Netflix synopsis again. Oh, yeah. Okay. So you want to read it out? Yeah, I'll read this out. Again. Run by a run. After sharing the story of his time travel with Vanya... Five hunts for the owner of a fake eye, but two mysterious assassins are hot on his trail. Ooh. Yeah. Again, what are your thoughts on this one? Um, I mean, it was definitely a five-centric episode, mm-hmm. but there was also more there than that. Well, was there? There was... We'll go on to that, but I think the, the, the B-plots, so to speak, weren't as interesting mm. to me as, as Five's thing. But I don't think there's more than just five hunts for the owner of a fake eye. It's weird that there isn't isn't even like a little shout. Like sometimes with these sorts of things, they'll be like they'll be just like a throwaway of like Luther and Allison revisit some old memories or like yeah. something like that. But there's literally no mention of any of the others, even though part of Five's hunting for the eye is like also involves Klaus. Yeah, very much. Yeah, and which is great. But we yeah, can it's got that it. and. Actually, a big part of this episode was uh, Cha-Cha and Hazel, Mm -hmm. which they mentioned hot on his trail. But again, it misses out on aspects of... I mean, we've got... What what plots have we got in this episode? We've got five. Mm -hmm. That's the main kind of plot with Klaus coming in and out of that. We've got Diego Diego. 
and he's kind of like we get this like intro like a look at maybe his mm. like backstory a little bit mm-hmm. or rather not his backstory his 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 middle story yeah his like, like post post academy post academy pre reformation we're looking at his solo career yeah yeah imagine he's like a band We've got the umbrella <laughs> academy there like his, when like, they first solo career yeah his doomed um, solo career and De- detective patch yes um who's great yeah very much so um I'm trying to think I was trying to remember just then who's what <laughs> I know what you're doing you're getting the other issue yes he's gone to get the other comic this is great because this is the problem right so I've got a shoe one in front I've got volume one in front of me but there's definitely like looping together of characters yeah. and plot lines from both yeah um, in different orders um, oh, I just flicked the back of this. Because as you pointed out, it's like, there's, oh my God, merch, the merch. There's merch at the back? I want it. Uh, okay. So, yeah, I mean, like, as you pointed out before, there's six issues in each volume. Yeah, right? in fact, very, episodes, very briefly. So... Oh yeah, go on. Flicking go on. the back of volume two, I just mentioned bands. Mm-hmm. There is, of course, this like weird, like half one shot at the back oh, of God, volume yes. two, which is uh, the rumor and um, Diego's, Kraken. the rumor and Kraken, their, their punk band. It's really funny because you can't imagine Alison as she is in the show being in a punk band at all. No. In fact, you can't imagine, imagine Diego being in a punk band. No, yeah, all that. They were called the Prime Apes because they have, a, and they have a monkey on the drums. Chimp. Is it a chimp? I don't know. I was yeah, chimp. It's, I think it's, it's a chimp. It's always chimps in this, yeah. isn't it? Uh, anyway, let's skip that bit and let's <laughs> go to the bit where... Here we go. No, I thought so. Patch. I don't know if, he, if he's... If he is called Patch in the comics, mm. but they have this weird kind of like scarred beret wearing <laughs> mustache, Looper. It's Looper and Body. Body's Body the is chimp. a chimp, and Looper is this kind of mustachioed beret wearing commander looking guy. Okay. <laughs> With that in mind, yes, Patch is. Playing Lupo, I guess, but he's obviously a very, a di- very, very different character. Whole background. I think we should let's come back to this. Okay, but... let's let's quickly go through the plot lines again. Then, with that in mind, so we have five arguably main plot line: Diego and Patch, mm-hmm. uh, post breakup band Diego. We have Allison and Luther. Luther maybe visiting into the Diego plot line a little bit. That's that's my feeling on that entire. Meh, I don't care. I'm yet to feel like maybe towards the end I was starting to care more, but at the moment it's just like they haven't introduced them. Luther's walking around like some sort of overweight version of Daredevil, grunting and being angry about things. I shouldn't blame people all the time. Oh, I'm really sorry. Oh. And then Allison's going around like. <laughs> being all like upset and stuff which is fine yeah she doesn't get to see her like daughter and things that's fine but she it's just like really dragged out she, she feels like I feel like they're really not doing her character justice up to this point I I'm love like, the rumour in the comics and so far I'm a bit like eh uh, you were a celebrity and now we're just seeing you like walking around missing your daughter which is like isn't... where's the like sass uh, so that's that plot line the last plot line would be uh, oh it's the Vanya Again, they're kind of like half plot lines in that we get Vanya and Creepy Leonard. <laughs> Vanya and Creepy Len- Leonard. Yeah, um, which obviously is leaning into bigger things, but, you know, that's kind of what we get. Yes. And so, yeah, that, that synopsis doesn't really pay a lot of that attention, but I it's guess fine. it does cover it. It's a fine. It's a fine. But I give this one a seven. <laughs> You'd give it a seven? 
yeah. I think it's I mean it does the it, job it, does it the covers job, the main thing it? but it just doesn't mention enough of like other plot lines for me I mean they I mean they are limited in what they can say I guess yeah I think they did they, they summed it up kind of well the, the two mysterious assassins great yeah um like that's the kind of explosive climax of it Indeed. isn't it what's your overall impression of the episode then how did it make you feel what's your overall impressions as I kind of I briefly mentioned the Luther Allison thing yeah don't really care about it I like seeing Diego chilling in the gym mm-hmm. and I was actually thinking about this I was flicking through volume one before this and Diego is the moodiest one mm. in the comics he is. and he really isn't the same like he's still angry but he's less moody yeah he's less moody he's less in- brooding I would yes. say yes and like interesting point I noted in the comics he's the one that pulls the cover off their mum and reveals like all her weird organs and lack of arms and stuff. Mm. Whereas in the first episode, which we've already covered, he was very much more like protective of her and stuff, I think. So it's an interesting switch mm. around there. Whereas Luther is doing just like, Argh! I mean, him and Diego are both just like strutting around with too many Y chromosomes. I mean, but yeah. um, that mind, what I, re- I enjoyed two things about this episode. Only two. <laughs> well, like the two main things, like I, I, other than the things I generally like about this TV show, this episode, um, I enjoyed Chacha and Hazel coming in. Yeah, they were really interesting characters. I enjoyed the way they played off, um, and I really enjoyed the fact that the two kind of funniest characters so far are Klaus and Number Five. I feel, but you got this kind of sadder essence to them both. Like Number Five is quite an obvious thing. You get the Dolores aspect and other things of this like child who had to raise himself eating cockroaches mm. um but then klaus you also get that thing obviously it's done as like this the goody two shoes adamant thing and we you know oh he needs drugs but he's clear he needs drugs because he's hearing voices mm-hmm. which is his powers mm. you know he can if he's not high so the last episode we briefly talked about the fact that he seems to like be unable to contact the dead when he's high mm. apart from ben who just seems to be there all the time but then it looks like, basically, if he's not high, he just gets overwhelmed by the voices of dead people who are like, help me, Klaus, I need your help. Mm. Which is kind of, like, dark. It's really dark. Like, so you've got this, like... I love re- it. Like, he's always like, ooh, I'm crazy, weird. But then at the same time, like, he's a junkie, and he's a junkie because he has never been taught how to deal with the fact that he can hear dead people. <laughs> this is what happens if, in the sixth sense... Spoilies. Sixth sense guy. If he had, like... If he wasn't dead. No, the kid isn't dead, is he? I actually have never seen Sixth Sense. Oh, fuck. Isn't the the whole point that... No, he can see that Bruce Willis is dead all the way through. Okay. Have you seen it? Oh, yeah, I don't know, maybe. I'm not sure. And that Shyamalan. Whatever. Who I recently learned did, like, I don't know, over the hedge or something. But no, like, you know, he's basically... Klaus is what happens if the Sixth Sense kid discovered... uh, Heroin. Weed and heroin. I think also... Um, it's another one of those things it's like when you talk about like we were talking about this recently with Harry Potter actually but it's like how in um, in like TV shows or books or films when like something really traumatic happens to someone and like they just don't have any sort of like therapy or counselling and it's like yes. this is like this kid's been through a lot and he's still going through a lot because as you said he hears the voices of dead people all the time he hears the voice of dead people and he's permanently haunted by his brother his dead brother who um, was really chill in this episode. Yeah, he's quite sarcastic. I enjoyed him, I really, actually. I really enjoyed Ben in this, yeah. The other thing I was going to say, though, like, speaking of this, like, therapy thing, 
Vanya, the normal one, she had a therapist. And but as soon as she like mentions that to someone else, he's like, nah. Like when she's talking to five, she's yes. like, there's someone I used to talk to, my therapist. She's, and he's like, no. I mean, in all fairness, yeah, I feel like five's problems are beyond a therapist. Yeah, I mean, they'd be like, you're crazy. And also, you know, he's trying to save the world. I travelled into the future and I saw all my dead family and everyone. I had to raise myself. Also, I had a relationship with a mannequin. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like he's lived a life already by this he point. He has. I don't mean like he's lived a life. I mean like he's lived a life. He like was an a whole old lifetime. Dude. It's I love when you get the bits of him of when they really sort of bring that out where you have this child saying to Ellen Page, "You're too young. You don't understand." Yeah. And it's brilliant and it's so tragic because you know obviously like, the character, but also it brings out like the comedy of it. What about you? What 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 things did you enjoy? I enjoyed Ben a lot. I really enjoyed the scene with Class and Five going to Meritech. Oh, that's my favorite bit. I don't know. I think like I enjoyed just getting into it a bit more and get like seeing that sadder side of everything. Yes. Um also like you though, a bit like about um like Alison and Luther who are kind of like the I guess in a lot of ways the relatable level of emotional yeah. Like relationships and things, but actually like in this it just sort of seems a bit like eh, whatever and it's yeah, there's just nothing nothing to them yet. Which, you know, it'll come. It'll come. I've I've found this a lot with some Netflix TV shows where sometimes they have, like, secondary plot lines because they're getting 10 to 12 episodes an hour long. And sometimes, like, you could could shave this down to, like, 45 minutes. Mm. And, or even less. For example, we recently watched Russian Doll. Oh. Which we're not going to talk about here. Obviously, this is an Umbrella Academy podcast. But the fact that was half an hour worked for it. It didn't need to be longer. Like, they could have turned it into 45-minute episodes and dragged it. We don't need that. Sometimes, like, having the B-plots that aren't necessary. Do you know what I mean? I mean, sometimes it's because they're leading into other things and maybe it's a different experience when you binge it. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i thinking about this, like, the, the Netflix Marvel stuff has definitely suffered at times from mm. having really slow B-plots or slow, unnecessary, moody angstiness. But I'm just like, I don't care about this. I want the plot, like, I want it to keep going. Cough, Daredevil, cough. Yeah. I mean, to be fair with Daredevil, though, you enjoyed... <laughs> to be, to be fair, but... I think everyone else is probably, like, in it for the battles and, like, ooh, Electra. whereas I'm like, I don't care about that. I want the law... Like, I want this, like, criminal court scene. I love a bit of, like, courtroom drama. It's brilliant. Show me Foggy and Karen, like, freeing the punish... Like, that was... You know, not freeing him. They didn't free him. Representing him. Representing him. All of that shit. It was that was better. Anyway. Have you um, got any other impressions? Yeah, I mean, I, about the Umbrella Academy, not <laughs> not Daredevil. Oh, in that case, I made a lot of notes as I was walking through uh, walking as I was watching this episode, which I hadn't necessarily intended to, but there was just so much going on. I'm looking up your piece of paper, and you've got about six times as much as me written down. <laughs> Should we go through it? Oh, I need to talk about. I want to talk about Cha-Cha and Hazel, if that's okay. Sure. If you want to talk about something else first, feel free. I just, I wanted to talk about the opening scene a little bit. Please, do go on. <laughs> it starts again with the flashback to when they were kids. And even at that point, they're kind of all doing their own thing, individual. Like Ben's reading, um, while Alison and Luther are like making eyes at each other and bleh. Um, so weird. It is really weird. It's like it's fine, but also, is it fine? Um, 
And if they were raised as brother and sister, or if they were raised as like two kids living like at boarding school together. <laughs> they were raised as two numbers. Well, yeah. yeah, do you know what I mean? I just think it was a like nice insight into the dynamics between them all. And again, like I think we've kind of already got the picture by now, but how Hargreaves is just not at all fatherly and he's just sat reading like, you know, none of them are talking. Yeah. Well, There's... it's called Umbrella Academy, right? Mm-hmm. It does definitely feel more like a school and teacher, like a teacher relationship. Mm-hmm. Like they're looking at it as a, maybe a parent child. But... Yeah. It is more, I guess, like a school. That's really true. Yeah. We also noted that Vanya's uh, place at the table is like the opposite end of it on her own, which is weird. Because I don't know if this is actually a thing or not, but I feel like that's usually the in a ye olde rich people dinner party. It would be like husband and wife at the ends of the table. Yeah. Have I made that up? I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of the image of what you can Google, but you're putting it in like a load of different things. Yeah, I can't really be bothered. Like earlier when we Googled like putting butter on a burn oh yeah we did we did google that so let's assume that we're right yeah which is the best way to proceed in life but um obviously it's not sh- it's not saying anything about like there's not any like weird relationship no, between no. Hargreaves and Fanya but it's that idea of her being separate from the others yes. and in like a position of being like you know I, like I mentioned last time like like the sort of assistant to, yeah to Hargreaves and even if it's not like the mother position it's definitely that they are all almost like paired up or like on this like in a diff- very different yeah position to her and she does she does have that like almost sort of caring responsibility over the others she is the caring one she does look like she tries to like tell five not to it's also the furthest position from Hargreaves yeah oh, so many layers anything else about the opening scene or I just wrote down oh those apocalyptic winds epic because it's all you always get that thing don't you yeah, like why a scene like windy? that where it's like and like hairs blowing and he's just like so anguished and upset and the other thing I found really interesting about it was the people that he calls for when he realises he's there because the first person he calls for is Vanya then Ben and then he's like dad no one else though it's just those three yeah yeah which I think says a lot about his relationship to Luther, Alison and Diego which is that maybe there isn't much of one I just don't need to care about them yeah, Much or like, like how I feel. Those are the first people that he'd call. Yeah, yeah. You care about Diego. Yeah, I mean, again, I just feel like there's some really interesting stuff, and I just cannot be bothered with yeah. stuff that's very similar to other TV shows. But anyway, that also like our thing last time where we were like, maybe they weren't named before yeah. he left, but obviously they were because he calls them by their names. But in the comics, they're definitely not because. No. He's Picking like, she was called number seven when yeah, I knew her. that's it. Because, like, there's a bit... Oh, big difference. I want to talk about very quickly. Just, mm-hmm. like, get to that point in the thing. He's obviously really depressed at this point. Five. Yeah. Yeah, in the like, future. Yeah, but yeah. In, but at the start of the comics, he looks like, oh, I'm more moody and grumpy. And immediately he's like, sick, I'm the only person alive. I can do whatever I want. And he's like, oh, I should probably, like... This is bad. I should probably, like, start to deal with things. But yeah, after he, like, gets filled with guilt, he says that he searches through a library and finds... A book written by one of us. She was called Number Seven when I knew her. You know, and he refers to Ben as Number Six. Later on, he refers to Diego as Agent Two. But it's interesting to see that in the you know in the comics, he's very much like, yeah, I'm a kid. Blah blah. blah. It's not just like yeah. them, it's not just them changing the timeline. Yeah. When they kind of made changes to this, I also can't wait to see what happens because when he 
starts drinking copious amounts of alcohol, but in the body of a 13-year-old. Yes. Because he has a drink, doesn't he, with Vanya? But I'm like, your body doesn't know what to do with that yet. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, that was kind of like, mm, mostly I wanted to say about that. It feels like in the comics, there's more of a sense of him having been like trapped there with the others and like like wanting that freedom. Whereas in this, he's like, I wanted to get back to my family. Yes. Um, yeah, definitely. And he's also like super traumatized by. Yeah, I feel like he's grown up in the comics. He feels grown up before he jumps forward in time. What do you mean? I mean, they all feel very old as children in the comics. Yeah. But he definitely feels like, you know, and you see him like he's like, there's that childish moment of him being excited to be able to do it at once. Yeah. He responds to it almost as an adult after that. Yeah. Whereas yeah. it feels like in this, you know, it's that he, he developed into an adult while there. Now we're seeing him in the child's body. Mm. What do you think these pills are that uh, Vanya keeps taking? She pops another pill in this. Anti... Oh, fucking anti-anxiety or antidepressants. Antidepressants or... Some serotonin, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. Yeah, which isn't um, a thing they keep showing us as well. Yeah. And like, you know, we know she had a therapist. Yeah, none of the other two. Um, should we move on? Yeah. You know, do you want to talk about Hazel and Cha-Cha? I think it would be pertinent to at least talk about them a little bit. Just a wee bit. I want to talk about one thing here. Mm-hmm. They don't know who they're looking for. No, they're looking yeah. for one of their own, which we know. So they're looking for five, it transpires by the episode, who is one of them. Mm-hmm. Interesting to note. Obviously not not that surprising when you've read comics and things, but mm-hmm. the fact they don't actually, it looks like apart from this picture, and they're <laughs> not really clear what what that means. So they like torture that poor guy. Oh my God, that poor trucker man. Yeah. And also like, they're definitely different. They're very different to the comics. The comics, they're like these unhinged, lunatics whereas here they feel more like put upon they're quite government like people yeah they're very like gr- irritable yes and like they lack a certain humanity yeah but they're more irritable with it um, it's almost like deadpan also in the comics they are you only ever see them in their masks yes. right which in this we don't see until the end which is it, it adds a lot to that scene yeah. it adds a, a the impact to it and makes it very yeah, which was already it's already a great scene like that's one mm. thing i want to say about this this tv show it's that the use of music is amazing yeah it's so good but yeah you have the whole thing with the wrist and something getting put it, it seems there's something being put in a vent mm. that is clearly important stopping them age which is what five didn't have but yeah, I mean, I think there's not like a lot to say about them. I just think that it was a very strong introduction to the characters. <coughs> it was. They're very different. I think the main things that I would pull out of it are, like you said, this whole like disgruntled sort of almost government employee thing. It's like they're talking about like dental plans and like per DMs while they're yeah, going yeah. through like a box of guns and like go on to like torture and kill this guy and hunt, you know. It, yeah. It's the the um, contrast. Yeah, the contrast. The what's it called? Juxtaposition. The juxtaposition. Yeah, of the of those two things, which is brings that weird, like bizarre kind of humor to it as well. I love it. Also, Mary J. Blige. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and what's his name? Hazel is just always eating. That's the other thing. Is it? Not not tweaked. Yeah, that. it's like in that. There's the scene where he's eating the ice cream and then later when they're torturing him, I think he's eating something else. And I feel like that's the thing in the comics Oh, he's eating the well. mayonnaise. Yeah, he eats the sandwich. Sandwich. The... He gets really mad at him for having mayo in it. Yeah. <laughs> Poor driver. Is there anything else about those two? No. 
I think it's a strong, strong introduction to the characters. I agree. Next, the next thing I think was good was when we go back to the murder scene at Griddy's at the diner, and we talked about this when we were watching it. But when um, you have like the flashbacks of the waitress, yeah, and you see, and you, well, you don't see it, but you hear all the shooting and everything without the fun music from last time. Oh yeah, and it's like, oh shit, man! Like yes, that was actually really good because, like, yeah on that note of like the music being really good mm-hmm. every time you have it over these fight scenes it makes it feel like really cool and fun and whatever but actually if you were to like witness that that original diner scene it's a small child jumping around stabbing people in the neck garroting them and having people shooting each other mm-hmm. which is quite traumatic well this poor waitress is in the back yeah. like what's happening that was really great and I think seeing that other side to it is brilliant and again it it's that sort of like weird thing of like they were kids and they were made to do all this stuff. So in their heads, it was almost like playing. And, yes. But actually it's really messed up. And then, oh, we learn all this stuff about Diego. And, well, we don't learn that much about him, but yeah. he's obviously got a relationship, he had a relationship with, with he, Oh, he failed the police academy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then he apparently is like a boxer now. He's like some sort of Rocky type thing. He's a boxer and also like, cleans yeah but i think but there's that thing you know because there's the thing where he didn't oh as far as we can tell from this episode he didn't kill hargreaves no because he was at a fight that night you know what i really liked about the gym stuff yeah and when he goes in and he finds luther there it's this little trick of like the the thing by the door like with the hair on it i'm like who are you what are you doing why have you got this like what is it like a bit of tape or whatever to be like it's a classic tactic i know but it's just it's really funny I just can't take it seriously. No, I, I can't take it seriously. It feels like the kind of... I mean, to be fair, maybe it's that thing of them being children who become adults or something because it is the kind of thing you would read in a famous five mm. secret spy handbook or something, like a file of fact secret <laughs> spy, spy tactics, handbook. Spy tactics, you say? Yeah. That was a, a little file of facts handbook we both had. I think I had it. I had I had the secret seven one, maybe. Oh, mine was just called spy tactics. I might have had that one as well. I think I got it at a school book for... I think it had a man with like a... Big hat and a coat on. I don't know. I mean, that's so classy. What they have a fedora and a bloody mm. big overcoat or whatever. Definitely also got a school trench fair. coat, not an overcoat. Mm. I wonder if they still make Filofax things. They definitely do, but I don't wonder if they're like make kiddie ones still. Well, no, it wasn't called a Filofax, was it? No, fun facts. Fun facts. Yeah, oh. not a Filofax. Filofax is a boring, not a fun facts on the other hand. It's fun and it's factual. Do you know what I was thinking? Do you remember those little digital personal diaries you used to get? I can't remember what they were called. No. Oh, never mind. I feel like it was the kind of thing I saw on TV and in the Irish catalogue, but never had. They were... I don't know what they were called. I'm going to have to look it up later. Um, my sister had one. Who is your favourite character at the moment? Who are you most behind? Who are you most excited to learn more about? Mm, I don't know. It's Klaus for me. Yeah. I mean, I want to say Ben. Yeah. Klaus, I think, is great. Five, I think, is great. I want to see the other side of Alison that I really yeah. thought was very cool. I feel like I want to see the rumor, not Alison. Exactly. I want to see. Them, I want to see them using their powers. The only thing I want to see with Luther is underneath his. This sounds like a weird set. <laughs> on the scene with that is like top on. I know you do. But it's more of like a, if all we see is this is like dude who's like, oh, there might be a bit of hair under there. <laughs> What's he wearing this big coat? I don't care, man. Yeah. I want to see like that. Why? What is this? We introduced that so early on in the comics. Mm-hmm. Okay, but here's a question: Who would you most want to be friends with in real life? 
None of them. They're fucked up. I mean, the answer's Vanya. Because she's just like... No, nah, man, oh, she's... Really no, nice. she's de- I mean, yeah, but she's also like depressed all the time. She's really sad all the time and really traumatized by her childhood. And she has so many issues. And I'm like, oh, Vanya, hold on. Rewind. Let's talk about Creeper. Leonard. I refuse to give him her name. Um, he's the, why is he so creepy? Okay, so here's one of the reasons I think he's so creepy, apart from everything that he does in the episode being a bit like... But I think that I, and possibly you, also feel particularly creeped out by him because the actor, John Magare. Okay. He's in Orange is the New Black. He played Vince, you know, the guy who's like... Um, What's her name's like pen pal? Oh yeah, Lorna and like the Italian American yeah. guy who like beats people up and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and he's terrifying. I mean, terrifying is strong, yeah. but he's got that same sort of vibe of like I don't know what's going on with you. No, I think it's maybe it's that maybe it's the violence, but he's clearly <laughs> he's just clearly such a weird guy. Like, maybe it's the fact that he's like come to this this lesson to this teacher who obviously usually teaches children. And you don't um, make it clear that he was an adult. Yeah. And then it's just... Hey, I'm here to learn violin. Fuck you, guy. You're weird. Get out of my flat. I mean, if he's paying, he's, you know, it's fine. Yeah, but no. He's sent him to a violin <laughs> lesson without a violin. He doesn't have a violin, no. Maybe next time you bring a violin. <laughs> really? Yes, really, you creepy man. <laughs> Who do you think he is? What do you think is going to happen uh, there? Something spoiled. I mean, to be fair, I think his character does appear in, in issue two. Hmm. But yeah, so Vanya doesn't like appear in a lot of it in like yeah. um, issue two because she's gone off to some sort of audition. Do we see that? Yeah, she has an audition. Some weird guy in a weird mask comes on stage. I feel like it's him. Interesting. I don't know why. Maybe we see him behind the, the, the mask a little bit, but I don't know. Yeah, because there's no explicit character called Leonard, at least in the first two volumes yeah. of but he's the just a, Academy Comics. A weird guy. Yeah, he and he's is. He's got creep, creepy vibes. Creepy. Let's dive into the... We don't have to dive into it. Yeah, let's dive into that terrible plot. I mean, it's not a terrible plot. I'm just uh, like, oh, where's Diego? I'm going to wait in his room. Oh, I'm going to go upstairs and I'm not... I don't really Do smoke. where's Luther? No, Luther goes looking for Diego. Like, where oh, is Luther. he? Oh, blah, blah. And then he's like, oh. Actually, the only good bit was when he chucks a knife and he misses him. Yeah, that, that was, was good. Great. Uh, and, and Pogo comes up so oh, yeah I love Pogo he's... but again it's that thing of like oh Pio- but like Pogo's really nice Alison's hiding a cigarette but he knows all along mm. <laughs> <laughs> no love for Alison it's not that I just like like, like yeah. I just feel like the character just comes across like it's kind of like there's, four, two, there's two female characters and one of them one of them's depressed and they make a big deal about how she has no powers and Alison is just like like, 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 she has no agency. <laughs> oh, my child. Yeah, like, she, like, like she's, she's entirely defined around. She had a divorce. She doesn't see her child, and the men are trying to help her all the time. Like, yeah, maybe that's just how I viewed it. But I feel like they're missing out on the fact that she's like a badass. Yeah, she's so amazing. Like her power is really cool. But where does that? Chi- where's that child? Who's like? She walks in. She's like, I heard a room. You shot your friend in the foot. Boom. That was sick. It was so like sassy. It was so cool. And then now we're just with her, like, moping around, smoking the cigarette. Like, it's not the character I dislike. Yeah. It's how little of potentially what she could be. It feels like they're trying, they're, like, trying to force in this, like, emotional play of, like... It's like when she's watching these tapes that Pogo shows her. Yeah. And she's like, oh, there's Vanya. There's Ben. It's sad. Oh. And there's just... I don't know. It didn't... I know what you mean. It felt a bit, like, false. 
I wonder, part of me, sometimes when I get these things on, like, this feels so weak compared to the rest of an episode. Mm. I wonder whether it's like, they know they need to introduce some sort of thing, which we haven't seen yet, which is going to come out the, the, you know, the tapes. So how they do that is they have to have a character see the tapes for mm. some reason. The reason they pick is it's, it's Alison having an emotional moment. And I wonder, and maybe I'm wrong in that, but sometimes I get that in different TV shows where I'm like, has this entire like weak plot line, or this weak arc being just to have this weird like one like bit of reveal that they need to have like yeah i don't know we don't know what the tape is yeah i'm hoping it's gonna be something interesting maybe something which will lead to like a more interesting character development for allison because she's undiscovered it but i do kind of like when she's like luther shut up i'm trying to tell you something yeah, that is yeah and hopefully that'll be the start of the character coming back yeah with a bit more pizzazz pizzazz yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong if that was a character. It feels like a weak character decision to have it be like this. Yeah, we want to flesh her out a bit more. I have a last couple of questions for you. Yeah. One, Alison mentions Ben. What do you think happened to Ben? No idea. Man died. No theories. Man was clearly not comfortable with, like, whatever his power is or killing people or whatever the thing is. And maybe something went wrong. It's not, I don't know. Let's assume that he died at the age that he is where Klaus is seeing him. He looks like he's maybe like 18 or something, 19. Mm, good point. So maybe like, I don't know. Maybe it just went wrong. Mm. Like his power's pretty dark. Super dark. The fact they send him into rooms in his own as well to deal with stuff. Next cue. Next cue. It's actually not really a cue. I've just realised. Um, it's just, oh, poor five Dolores. Yeah. Also, just the fact that she shut up means she doesn't exist in the future anymore. Yeah, I don't know. This is the thing. Like, he was, that's why he was really bit... worried about it, right? He clear he's where she's like, she's gone from the future now. This is like the weird wibbly-wobbly timey-wimey what's happening now that like... Yeah. They're going back, back and forth. This whole eye thing. Ooh, eye, monocle. Mm. Yeah, the eye thing. So the eye leads to like my favourite bit of the episode, mm-hmm. which is when... Klaus, desperate for money for his drugs, accepts $20 to pretend to be Five's father because they won't give Five information without his dad there. They claim, but claim not going to give information to anyone. Which then leads to the scene in the where they try and intimidate him by beating themselves up and claiming he did it to them. And I, the way he does it all is great. It's like, what about, what about my, my consent? consent? Before you touched my son. And it's like, what? How else did he get that swollen lip? And he just punches Five straight in the face. And then he like smashes a snow globe on himself and he's like, ah! Get up here. He's crazy. He's attacking. Oh, it was great. It's very Fight Club. Yes. But not quite. Very different reasoning. Yeah, very different reasoning. That office, those walls are made of glass. Like, everyone can see what's going on. Yeah, but... (laughs) Do you think they all hate the Doctor? They're like, yeah, fuck this guy. Whatever. This Doctor who's literally just doing his job and being like, ah, patient confidentiality, of course. Yes. I mean, corporate dude, but whatever. Yeah, interesting. And then we obviously get the interesting point. It's like, oh, this hasn't been made yet. Mm. So like, oh, I mean, that's the plot point there, but it's not as fun as like the whole <laughs> bit of like smashing the thing in his head. And then like five leaves Klaus to go find Dolores. I feel kind of like we're really like not bothered about the plot points because we're like, eh, no, it happens. I don't to think an extent. It, maybe it's that, maybe it's just, I feel like there's, it's at its best when it keeps pace. Yeah. You know, when it keeps that pace going, when you have, when you break the pace, to have like a slow moment that doesn't have any momentum of its own. 
what you're doing is you're, it, it drains energy from it a little bit. Mm-hmm. So like there's certain bits that keep the music going, the energy going, duh, 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 and oh, there's a bit, oh, and you're like, ah. Oh. And I think when I was watching it the first time, I was carried along by it a bit more. But when I was rewatching it to make notes, that's when I noticed kind of dead points more because I wasn't carried by the momentum of the plot. Well, that's, it's uh, yeah, that's the thing. I don't, I don't think it's a show made for rewatching very soon after watching for the first time. No. But that's fine. Maybe we just need to record immediately after watching. And then, of course, at the end, it's like, oh, dead siblings. Great music moment again. Yeah. What's Never your tear is apart? We have like three great music moments, I think, in this. Maybe four. You got. I've got. Well, the, all the songs I wrote down are good. Yeah. Got Run Boy Run, which is a really good atmospheric moment. Mm-hmm. Then you have uh, Gunny Two Shoes, Adamant, when uh, Klaus is like going over his like bender. That one had a sick like little transition into it as yeah. well. Yeah. I hope I hope they're gonna give more to Klaus than him just being like yeah a druggie. Like obviously we're getting hints of it, but I'd like to have more of it. Yeah. Than it just always being like a Klaus doo like ooh, yeah. music. I think him having Ben there a lot gives him that. I think we'll get more of that. Uh, and then we've got Don't Stop Me Now for the fight scene. Again, yes. fight scene, which is really well done. In that fight scene, I've got to say, does Cha-Cha die? Ah. And then immediately come back. Yeah. Because Five definitely gets a serrated trowel and slashes her neck. And then it immediately cuts to her from a different place, shooting at him still. Now, they're time travellers, so maybe. Mm-hmm. But that's an interesting bit. It's an interesting bit that when you throw into the mix in the comics, it's not clear whether they are like... In any way, mortal would yeah. be the best way of putting it. Like, they're willing to kill them. Like, they don't seem to care about death in that way. Yeah. Well, I, I, it would add to that. Like, you know, like, when he's like, oh, shit, it's them. And in the comics, when he's like, oh, we're already dead. It's not just that they're, you know, really good assassins. It's like, maybe it's like, they can't be killed. Yeah, they're unstoppable. Don't stop me now. It's the music that's playing. I just got that. Yeah. Wow. There we um, go. Also, we see, like, Five having a little problem with his powers. Yes. Overuse, it felt more like. Yeah. Maybe. It's a limit there on overuse or something. Mm. Um, and then final track, Never Tears Apart, which was really good for him, like seeing them all like dead. Yeah. Let's see Vanya. Yeah, we don't see Vanya. No. So there you go. Um, also, the flesh on the eye at the end. Oh, it's so gross. And it's Luther holding the eye, I think. Yeah, it is. So obviously, whatever happened, Luther's able to get closer to rip the eye out. So my only thing was. Why did Five find Luther holding an eye and assume that is the eye of the person who causes the apocalypse? Maybe he figured it out with his equations later. Maybe. Maybe we'll we'll find, yeah. It's not clear. That's fine. I like that they still have Dolores in it and they've used it as an emotional weight because she's almost like a throwaway, almost joke of him going insane in the comics. Yeah. Where, like, she tells him the mistake in his equation. Yeah. It was good. I enjoyed the music. And Joe Klaus smashing a glass on his head and punching five. I thought it was a good episode. It was less consistently good than the first episode for me because mm-hmm. of those like dull points for me. But the bits that were good were really good, and it carried the. And I didn't have to deal with like scene setting, which I'm mm-hmm. always I'm always like forgiving of, but I prefer when we get into things. Yeah. Um, did you have a favorite line in this episode? No. No, you just had your favorite moment. Favorite moment. Did you? <laughs> Maybe, possibly either. Um, when Detective Patch is talking to Diego and basically is like, fuck you. You know, she she just sort of speaks truth to him and is like, you know, you're living in a fantasy world. Okay, she says, I'd like to play cops and robbers, uh, wear a mask and feel important. But um, I didn't actually write down the rest of the line, but she's basically like, this is real life. Like, 
this is the stuff that gets people actually like put in jail. Put in jail. Um, and also, you know, it's like the reason that you're doing this is because you're just trying to prove that when you were running around in uniforms as kids, it wasn't for nothing. Yeah. Um, and then in the other bit, very simple, Klaus, tummies are rumbling. <laughs> when did he say that? Um, I believe it's after the snow globe smashing moment. Oh, he said, let's go get food. And he's like, let's go get some food. Like, yeah, he's like, where's my $20? And Five's like, the world's going to end. And he's like, yeah, I'm hungry. It's great. Yeah. So, yeah. It's interesting seeing that perspective maybe from a character that is exposed to death all the time. Mm, yeah, yeah that's true. Because of course, he's exposed to death all the time. He's like, yeah, yeah. Mm. I see dead people all the time, mate. He doesn't have, like, full control over his powers either. Like, no. Yeah. So I think we can wrap it up there. Yeah. Because I want to watch episode three. I really want to watch episode three. We have a talk about Ben and Jerry's. Oh, I and forgot an about that. of Umbrella Academy waiting for us. So with that in mind. Thank you for listening. And uh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Brolly Buddies. Or you can email us at brollybuddies at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts and theories. If you enjoyed the podcast, please leave us a nice review because it'll help other people find it. And more importantly, it will make us feel validated. Until wow. next time. Bye. Bye.